Are you looking for practical ministry help to inform and inspire your leadership? Do you have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of other leaders in pursuit of stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast, presented by CDF Capital, helping churches grow. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you have decided to tune in. I'm really looking forward to today's conversation. You know, every week we try to bring you a leader who will both inspire and equip you really help you as you lead at your church. But today you've got a two for one special. We've got two incredible gentlemen here today who uh, we're going to get a chance to dive into something that they've been working on for quite a while. We've got Leonce B. Crump Jr. He's the co-founder and senior pastor of uh, Renovation Church in Atlanta. He serves on a bunch of different nonprofit boards that promote human flourishing. He regularly speaks at conferences nationally uh, and globally, and he's the author of a number of books, which one of them we're going to talk about today. And we've also got our returning guest, our friend, Friend Warren Bird from the ECFA, Evangelical Council of for Financial Accountability, uh, and he's co-authored so many books. I, I've lost track. I just can't, you know, I can't, you know, don't know about all those. There's just a lot of them. Uh, and we love Warren. He's been on the show multiple times, and we're super glad to have him back. Together, they've worked with our friend Ryan Hartwig, and they've co-authored a book, The Resilience Factor, a step-by-step guide to catalyze an unbreakable team. And I just want to put my bias right out there at the beginning, friends. I want you to pick up copies of this book for your team. We're going to dive deep in with them today. Welcome to the show, guys. So glad you're here. So glad to be here, Rich. Thank you so much, my friend. It's going to be good. Lance, why don't we start with you? So this is a ton of work. Putting a book together, man, it's a lot of effort. By yourself, it's a lot of effort, let alone coordinating with two other authors. That's like triple the work. Uh, so what's the heart behind this? Why? What What led you to say, hey, we should write this book? You know, what, what pulled you to say, let's put this together? Yeah, um, I actually was invited onto the project uh, by mm-hmm. Ryan and Warren, mm-hmm. and it immediately sparked my interest because mm-hmm. coming out of the disruptions of COVID-19, I've realized, and, and we agree, and we actually put this in the book, that one of the things leaders are going to have to reconcile going forward is that disruption is normal, and the relative mm-hmm. stability, maybe, that we have enjoyed uh, over a couple of decades of leadership, it's actually abnormal. Uh, in mm-hmm. fact, we share a story toward the end of the book talking about hypothetically, what if you were born uh, in a certain era, you would have navigated multiple wars, a financial mm-hmm. crisis, the Great Depression, right on the heels of each other. And so mm-hmm. as leaders, I, w- I was inspired and challenged to write this book with them because as leaders, I think the great lesson we have to learn coming out of COVID, especially in modern time, is that disruption is our normal. So how do you lead when when disruption is reality? Hmm. Oh, that's so good. That's why I think that's a, that's a really good insight for sure. It, and that it's, it's, you know, in some ways it's fascinating that, you know, if you think of everything that's happened in the last two or three years, it has been just one thing after another. COVID's obviously a signpost, but there's been, there's been a number of things that just continue to, you know, wave over us. Well, Warren, Part of the, the the subtitle here is breaking is is making an unbreakable team, really catalyzing an unbreakable team. And you know, I would assume in that the kind of undercurrent of that is, man, maybe particularly in the church world, that's not the norm. Like that's not that's not normal. Why is it that we seem to struggle with, you know, team development, building high performance teams in the local church? 
That is such a good question. After all these, Rich, you for years have sounded the, the alarm and the challenge of building a high performance, high quality, effective team. And so have many others and lots of literature. And by the way, we try mm -hmm. to pull from the best of the research to in, in the book, uh, wrapped around stories uh, mm -hmm. of, okay, what really makes a good team? But looking underneath, why haven't we built good teams? And especially now, Coming out of the pandemic, you know, on the one hand, everybody is like vacationing with a vengeance. There's there's yeah. just this pent up, hey, let's really go gangbusters. But but we don't see the same thing happening with teams. There's like, well, you know, you're kind of worn out mm. and I I don't want you to quit and and I don't want you to 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 have to take on too much and imbalance your life. So this idea of of vacation with a vengeance applied to let's let's as a team seek god for something that mm. only he could do and that that it would take all of us to do and none of us could do by ourselves um what might that look like and how do we build the the resilience mm. that when we get knocked down uh to be able to pop back up and say no 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 we're we're going for it we're working together high trust um mm. high safe environment how do we do all that? I don't honestly know beyond why that hasn't happened beyond like the Ephesians 4, 11 and 12, that, that the role of the pastor and leader is to equip the saints for the work mm -hmm. of the ministry. And yet we do it all ourselves. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. here's team throughout the New Testament. And yet <laughs> we tend to do it ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that's a very good insight, Leonce, um, you The book title has resilience right in the middle of it. Obviously, this is mm -hmm. key to uh, you know making an unbreakable team. Unpack that a bit more. When you guys say resilient, what is a what is a resilient team? What's that resilient factor? What are, what are you know what does that look like? How do I know you know is my team resilient? What does that look like? Yeah, um, the the idea actually was born of a Mike Tyson quote that did not uh, make it into the book. Even I love I it. Hope, We're getting extra content. <laughs> that I, I hope it. that it would. Uh, but many of your listeners will probably recall uh, Mike Tyson saying, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Yes. And, <laughs> and so as we were shaping and crafting this work, that idea is really what came rushing to the surface is at the end of the day, if disruption is normal, right? If disruption is normal, mm -hmm. uh, then education, management techniques, tenure, those things, natural skills and abilities, those things aren't necessarily going to help you navigate disruption. Mm -hmm. uh, what you need, what, what we see as the secret sauce to great teams and great leaders is the ability to take a lick and keep going. In fact, mm -hmm. uh, one way we define it there in the book is uh, resilient means that you are able to become strong, healthy, and successful after a challenge or a difficulty. So, so there's a measure of flexibility as well as strength. Uh, and it's an understanding that you're not just surviving, but you're adapting to the new normal. You're, you're becoming something different to navigate the reality in front of you after you've absorbed blows. And, and that's what we believe is, is going to be the call to, to great teams going forward. Probably always has been. Probably mm -hmm. the missing key to to mm -hmm. to uh, so many of the challenges we've experienced as, as teams and as leaders, uh, but 
the ability to return to shape after being pulled, stretched, pressed, uh, and still be effective going forward. That's what it mm. means to be resilient. And Rich, so, we haven't seen that much about, of it. And so because mm. we don't have that role modeling, we don't know what mm -hmm. to aspire to, to say, think that that's even possible. That's right. Yeah. So Warren, sticking with you, this idea, it's step-by-step. Let's, what is the first step? So if I say, okay, I want to, I want my, I, we're not going to be able to get to everything, but what is, you know, the first step that we need to take as a, as a team to, or as a leader, I need to take with my people to increase our, uh, our resilience factor. We broke the book into eight blocks, which are sort of a sequence. And the very mm -hmm. first sequence is pray and assess your situation mm -hmm. really to ask God, give me insight. And, and, and it's going to unpack with who should be on the team, who shouldn't, uh, mm -hmm. what kind why are my meetings kind of boring? Uh, how do we do accountability? How do we reproduce ourselves? All that begins with saying, Lord, you got to do something. We, we can have the best research, the best books out there, the best everything, but unless you're at work and that we're doing what you want, it's really all for nothing. Yeah, and I would add to that, Rich, we, we leverage the Nehemiah story in that first movement. And one of the things that Nehemiah did so wonderful uh, is understand the current reality in which he found himself as well. Mm. And, and so right out of the gate, even before we get to these different steps, we talk about the new realities that we're facing as leaders. Number one, Today's world generally distrusts leadership. Number two, uh, team leadership is here to stay. It is the way forward. Number three, mm -hmm. for many of us, your team is largely a new team. Uh, number mm -hmm. four, your new team comes with new expectations. Number five, the pandemic may be officially over, but its effects will ripple for years to come. So we kind of mm -hmm. walk through each of these new realities as the foundation for saying, you know, if this is true, and, and I believe all signs point to it being true, then the very mm -hmm. first thing we have to do, especially as spiritual leaders, is take a step back as Nehemiah did and say, okay, the, the city's on fire, the walls are burning, uh, there's not much strength or support, where do we go from here? First to the Lord, and then to actually make a plan. Yeah, I love it. So uh, sticking with you, sir, uh, one of the things I'm sure as you've, you know, people have been starting to pre-read the book and you've started to share some of this content. Um, I'm sure there's some of it that's bumped up as being like, wow, this is like the most helpful. This is the part that people seem to be really be resonating with. What is that Leonce that they keep coming back to and saying like, oh, this, this part particular, I know all of it's amazing. I know every part of it's amazing, but, but is there any piece of it that particularly has been the most helpful uh, as leaders have been engaging with these ideas? So, so my feedback, and, and I'm sure Warren can uh, speak to this as well, but with the folks that I've had in my immediate circle read the book, the two things um, that have really uh, energized them the most has been the idea of clarifying your purpose, which is mm -hmm. movement number two. We, we really, really find um, that a lot of teams, now we may know the church's purpose, but what is your mm -hmm. team? purpose mm. within the scope of a church's purpose uh, and then how to build a, a great team movement number three we call it gather an all-star cast uh, reminding mm. people that you don't have to settle uh, you can actually build a team of top performers if you're intentional and strategic about it hmm. love that 
Well, Warren, one of the things I love about your work uh, is that it is often infused with these great stories like you are. And even before today's call, you were digging for, hey, what about insights? And let's you know find stories, find people. Uh, is Was there a story in this book that stands out to you that particularly typifies, you know, what the resilience factor looks like? Is there a story of a, a church or a team that, uh, you know, that kind of captures your imagination around what that looks like? The opening story is about a fire and Rich, how ironic I'm talking to you in Canada <laughs> and in the news uh, for quite yes. some time. It's been the uh, Canadian fires that uh, the yes. smoke has drifted uh, to where mm -hmm. I'm based in New York, uh, just outside mm -hmm. of New York City. But uh, Paradise, California, the town, uh, in essence, burned down mm -hmm. and so many people left. But there was one church, Paradise Alliance Church, that said, no, we're going to stay. And all the rules are different about who we are, even as a leadership team mm -hmm. and what we're trying, what our roles are. But mm -hmm. we're going to, if you will. Find the resilience necessary to take on the challenges of rebuilding the community. And, and for at least the first year, they became the community gathering point. They did meals for the community. They helped the community bond those who stayed and all. And they demonstrated the power of resilience and, and the pains that, that, that each team member of the church's leadership team had to had to deal with their own needs of of grieving and and adjustment and of playing a new role on the team and yet looking back they would all agree together god used us to do something far beyond what any of us could have imagined and way far beyond what any of us could have done alone and we have loved being on the team it became a high trust psychologically safe environment uh, to oh. grow in. Fascinating. Uh, good alliance story there too. I, you know, my childhood was in the Christian Missionary Alliance. Always good to get a, a plug in there for A.B. Simpson's uh, crowd. So that's a good thing. Uh, Leonce, uh one of the things that's interesting in church leadership is, um, and I'd love your perspective on this. You know, you are clearly, you're a dynamic communicator. You are um, you know, the kind of person that people follow. And I think there is a misnomer that often uh, churches that have dynamic communicators in the leadership position, it's like, it's all about them. That's just not true. Like that isn't, a church doesn't grow and have a kind of impact if uh, leaders haven't built teams around them. Uh, but maybe you could talk about that tension of how do you as a, as a dynamic communicator, as a, you know, um, a, a dynamic leader, build a team of other people around you that are also, hey, these are go-getters. These are stallions that want to get lots done. These, they want to, you know, make, change the world. How do you, how do you live that tension out? How does that, how do you attract those kinds of people? Yeah, I am a huge proponent of Ephesians 4 and, mm -hmm. uh, and, and really do believe that the strength of our mission and the strength of our ministry can't rest on one gift. Uh, it mm -hmm. can't rest on one set of skills. It can't rest on, on uh, you know, one leader's capacity. And, and in mm -hmm. fact, the bottlenecks that we've experienced over the years at the church uh, and some that we're still wrestling through now on the other side of COVID, you know, just to give you kind of our, our story arc, you know, we're mm -hmm. a scratch plant in downtown Atlanta, three people in the living room. Uh, mm -hmm. Before COVID, we were about 13, 1400 people. 
after COVID, we're half that and, and trying to build back to it. Uh, my preaching alone is not going to get us there. Uh, mm. In fact, I, I know some of the most dynamic communicators that I know are leading churches that are averaging 100 to 150 people. Uh, preaching doesn't build a church, and even great leadership doesn't build a church. It's, it's the ability to lead through others and even be led by them in their area of expertise and specialty that actually builds great teams. And so I try to put myself in a position where, where I'm not a material expert or even the point authority over a particular area. Mm. Uh, I put myself in the submission of the leadership of my team. Uh, and that makes us a stronger unit altogether. Hmm. Love that. Rich, could I say something about Leonce that he probably won't say? And that is, uh, <laughs> as we were investigating doing this book together, uh, Ryan Hartwick, the lead author, and I went to his church and mm-hmm. sat with his team and mm-hmm. uh, and were wowed. And then as we worked together as authors, we not only had to figure out how do you do team with the three of us, but really each of our effectiveness was contingent on the team that was supporting each of us. Mm. Oh, that's good. And so it really, as we went, so they went, and as they went, so we went. And uh, Mm. boy, was the idea of health in teams uh, ab- abundantly apparent as we work together on this book about unbreakable teams. Yeah, I love it. And yeah, shout out to Ryan Hartwig. I just, he, what a great guy. And he, even in my own life, he, when he, when we were at Liquid Church, when I was at Liquid Church and he came and spent some time with us and, you know, he asked this haunting question there that day, which still haunts me to this day, which is, well, it wasn't a question. It was a statement. He said, Hey, you have to lead with more questions. Stop answering so many questions. Like stop because all you're doing is getting everybody to, you know, come to you. And I was like, oh no, that is like, uh, it still bugs me. So Ryan, you're still in my head, uh, you know, effective uh, piece of coaching for sure. Uh, definitely. So layouts a book like this, as you're working it, uh, you end up reflecting on your own leadership, your own, your own Hey, like, what am I doing and how am I changing the, the work of trying to, you know, externalize ideas changes us. Um, when, how did this book change your leadership? Was there something as you went through this, that it was like, Oh, Hey, I, I maybe need to change my game a little bit, or, or I'm growing or maybe asking new questions. What's, what's that look like for you? Yeah, it, it really surfaced for me. A lot of great questions about our team and where we are and what we need and 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 where there are missing pieces, where I've missed the mark on even uh, applying some of my own principles that show up in this mm. book. And so um, much like a Sunday sermon from time to time, there was a great deal of conviction that as I was writing and advising, I was looking at things that I have not been doing consistently. Yes. Uh, and then getting the book in front of my team as well uh, brought great new challenges because mm. we realize that even as well as we function and, and, and I, as Warren said, I wouldn't say that about myself, uh, you know, mm. to, to try and take care and not, um, not over, uh, uh, over sell my leadership or our team's dynamics. But, uh, I found that there were gaps in congruence and incongruencies, even in our perspective on the vision, like we are, like we're sharing the vision, but, but how we're looking at it, the angle from which we're looking at it, we found gaps even as we work through some of this material 
uh, to operationalize it before we handed it out to the world. So it was really a growing and challenging time writing with two other authors, trying to find a common voice, uh, realizing what my tendencies are and what they are not uh, and what is most helpful and what's not. Uh, all of those things kind of came to a, a uh, boiling point there as uh, as we did this work and, and and really saw the effects of it across my internal team as well as the team of, uh, of Ryan and Warren and myself. Hmm. And was there anything when you look even like spe a specific behavior or, mm -hmm. um, you know, an approach that shifted? Could you let us in a little bit insight on that? I can. Um, one specific behavior that I am uh, diligently working on is not speaking first. Uh, mm. Because... When I speak, um, even at a table of, uh, of co-leaders, and I do treat them that way, uh, mm -hmm. if I speak, it becomes a dictum. And mm -hmm. so in order to, to actually draw the best out of the people I'm leading, with, uh, I'm the last with a solution, uh, mm -hmm. I'm the last with a response. It creates a lot of awkward silence uh, from time to time. Uh, but that is a very specific thing. I, I am, uh, if, are you familiar with the work in Genius? Mm -hmm. Yep, yep, yep. So, so, so I'm ID. Mm -hmm. so, so I'm inventing mm -hmm. and then I'm discerning. Mm -hmm. And so it's very easy for me to get from A to Z without talking mm -hmm. to anybody mm -hmm. uh, be, because I've thought through uh, all of the potentialities. Uh, but what that does is completely neutralize other people's contributions and talents mm -hmm. and giftings. So that was one very specific thing mm -hmm. that surfaced during this time. Well, like that alone, friends, is gold. What you just heard, that's great coaching for us to be thinking about, hey, even just functionally in conversations, let's not be the first to, let's not be the first to answer. Let's not be the first to jump in. So Rich, you wouldn't say this about you, but you had Patrick Lindsayoni himself yes. on your yeah. podcast talking about his uh, latest yeah, work book. Genius and, is great. Uh, yeah. Patrick's amazing. So He's great... insightful. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So Warren, one of the things that you promise in this book is a series of exercises, team exercises, individuals, uh, things that we can do we don't want to make our listeners buy the book, although we do want them to buy it. Give us a, a description of one of those kinds of activities that's in it that could, you know, help us think about how we increase our resilience factor. Well, case backstory, we mm -hmm. really argued, we, we held up uh, Max Donald Miller uh, mm -hmm. books to the publisher. Mm -hmm. And we said, this is what we want our books to look like with actually like exercises in the book. Mm -hmm. And uh, they, translated that as oh like study questions at the end of the chapter yes. <laughs> and that's not it at all these are mm -hmm. okay pause and talk about it we have we have group exercises to do as a team and we have mm -hmm. individual exercises that you know write down your understanding of your team's purpose and mm -hmm. answer these questions about the purpose and now compare that with others and by the way that exercise is just so rich because mm. as Leon said a few minutes ago, so often the leadership team of a church just takes the mm. purpose statement of the church and says, well, that's us. Well, if you think about that for just a second, that falls apart because then mm. you're doing everything in the purpose of the church. Then why is mm. anybody else needed? And really, can right. you do the whole mission of the church? So you got to figure out what our niche is as a team. And when we when we read some people 
you were in the same room on the same team and this is the purpose statement that each of you wrote mm. as different as night and day that's a really helpful exercise and we try to do it in in a framework of psychological safety and and trust and we've got that those elements trust building sprinkled throughout the book by the way trust building is not from doing trust falls and other <laughs> well, those, right. those, those create bonding but it's the little wins together as a team that mm. actually creates the durable trust to now go for a bigger win as a team. Mm. And there's an exercise on that too. Love it. So good. It's like a whole training curriculum for, uh, you know, our churches, what, cetera, what a huge gift that you guys have put together. This is what I always find astonishing about books is it's like the amount of work that goes into, to compress all of this down, to get it into, you know, and it's tons of time and effort and research and thinking. And then it's like 15 bucks or whatever you're charging for it. Uh, man, we get to access all that, that what a gift that is to, uh, you know, to the church. I really appreciate you guys, uh, you know, pulling this together. Um, so Leonce, where can people get this book? If they're, I know you've got a website, resiliencefactor.info. Uh, we could send them there. Are there other places that they could pick up copies of this book? Well, Leonce, yeah. why don't you tell them what's on that website? Because it's it's not just a picture of you and me. <laughs> and and, and uh, Ryan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, resiliencefactor.info is an interactive site. Uh, mm -hmm. where we have provided some some extra or we have provided some extra tools and materials uh, and things that will help to further your leadership. There's also an opportunity to interact with us. And so uh, we, we shot a little video on management versus leadership. We provided some uh, mm -hmm. worksheets and some other tools that, that go beyond the book itself. So the website will be a great resource no matter what, not, not just to order the book. As far as getting the book itself, Anywhere books are sold, uh, mm -hmm. it will be available. Order them in bulk from IVP and uh, take all of your team. Uh, well, and in fact, InterVarsity had this idea of, well, if this is a book about team building, then we should give generous discounts to mm -hmm. people who buy them in bulk. So go to the InterVarsity site if you're thinking, oh, I'll get one for each team member or staff member or whatever. There's some sweet discounts. Yeah. yeah. And that, that's what struck me as I'm, you know, thinking about this is I'm, you know, lots of us are looking for a training resource and we're looking for, Hey, what, you know, you know, maybe we're thinking about a Christmas gift, even this time of year, like, Hey, maybe for the end of this year, or, you know, we're looking for a fall training. And this really struck me as that this would be a great resource to get for our entire team. Hey, let's go through it. We've got some great activities here. Uh, it'll push us and get us to ask those questions. So yeah, I'd strongly suggest again, that that website is just resiliencefactor.info and the link to the IVP uh, page is on there. So just go there. You can click through that if you're going to buy, you know, the the bulk books and all that. You can just get that there. That's, uh, you know, that's amazing. Well, what's, what are, what's your hope here, Warren, with this book? What's your your dream? Like, uh, you know, what, what when you're, you're hoping for transformation in the teams that are, you know, that are going to read this, what did you have in mind as you were working with these two fine gentlemen to pull this together? Well, my second purpose comes out of my research hat. And that is, mm. I want to get good information for people about team dynamics and what does success look like and how do you go from one level to another? And we really took the best literature in the field. We translated it into very user-friendly ideas and we built it 
into different vignettes in the book. So I, I love, you know, I'm kind of the myth, myth buster lover. <laughs> and uh, so to me, I'm, I'm putting good information. This is not just how our team did something. This is what the best research <laughs> says. But even beyond that, I really want to challenge people to go beyond the, the mediocre. We, we so often does. I mean, when we got married, nobody says, well, I take you to, and we're going to have a mediocre marriage. But but too often <laughs> things settle down because that's what mm-hmm. we see all around us. But but there's a spark still inside us that says, no, there's got to be more. And I hope mm-hmm. people read this book and they say, ah, I, I've always known our team could be a whole lot better than it is. Yeah. You're going to help us get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. What a great, what a great vision. And a part of what I appreciate about your leadership, Warren, and your your writing is uh, you do push for like, these aren't just like soft ideas or like, like those are, it's rhymes. So it must be true. You know, you're trying to find based <laughs> stuff on research and have pushed me in my own work and have been in a very kind way. I don't know if I've ever said this publicly, but in kind way, you've given me feedback. That's like, Hey, you know, you could do better. You didn't quite say it like that, but you could do better. And, and that I think gets, that's why people come back to you time and again, Warren, I just want to honor you in front of, uh, you know, in front of everybody today, because you do such a good job on that. Well, Lance, we're going to give you the last word as we kind of wrap up today's episode. Is there anything else you want to share before we close up today's conversation? Yeah, I just want to encourage all of the leaders out there uh, to not be discouraged. God's hand is still on you. There's great work for you to do. Don't take the disruptions as a sign uh, that things are coming undone. Take them as an opportunity. Uh, Something that our team has been talking about recently is reframing the situation and saying out loud, God chose us to lead through this time. What a privilege. And, uh, and I hope Amen. the book will be helpful in cementing that. Mm, that's so good. That's so good. Well, um, Warren, if people want to track with you, where do we want to send them online? Do we want to send them to the ECFA uh, website or you know, how do we, if they want to kind of continue to follow the Warren Bird story? ECFA for Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability, which I was so impressed you said so, just rattled it off, Rich. You, you got my wow book early on. Here. <laughs> sure. ECFA.org slash surveys. And then you can find the stuff that we've done, like uh, the new faces of church planning, which Rich, you mm-hmm. were so good in helping promote the largest ever study mm-hmm. of uh, mm-hmm. in across North America, not just uh, mm-hmm. U.S. <laughs> of what's happening in church planning, including uh, through the pandemic. Uh, so that's the best place. And then I'm on LinkedIn. Is I'm probably that's my most active social media. Love it. And then Leonce, where do we want to send people if they want to track with you or track with the church? Uh, at Leonce Crump uh, on any social media, uh, mm-hmm. LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, I'm there. And then at Renovation ATL uh, on Instagram or Facebook. Love it. And I, I was on your website earlier and I noticed that you had your workout regime on your website and I was super intimidated. I was like, <laughs> man, I got to step up my game. So I, uh, I appreciate that you posted that publicly. That's a great thing. So, And those of you who are listening and not saying, uh, Lance is a former NFL football player and also former wrestler. Uh, so he, he literally picks up a lot, <laughs> including me in yeah, one yeah, of our that's great. gatherings. That's great. Well, I appreciate you gentlemen being here today. I really hope this book helps. I know it's going to help tons of people. I hope lots of people pick it up. So thanks so much for being uh, here today on the show. Thanks, Rich. Yeah, thanks for having me. 
Thanks for tuning in to the Unseminary Podcast. Drop by unseminary.com for more helpful resources for you and your team. There you will find articles, online courses, and so much more. Unseminary, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Presented by CDF Capital. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary.